This episode is sponsored by our friends at Law CPD, who offer premium online CPD courses for lawyers Australia-wide. Not only do they offer great interactive and informative courses, the best part is that their courses can be done anywhere and anytime. And don't forget, you don't actually need to be a lawyer to enjoy Law CPD courses. The courses include professional development courses, more broadly, like learning to assert yourself, dealing with difficult clients, or managing meetings more effectively, which are things that all of us need to know how to do. Check out Law CPD's range of courses at lawcpd.com.au. If you want a satisfying career and a fulfilling family life, this is the podcast for you. Join me, Joel Lilovich. And me, Lucy Dickens, as we share strategies and advice to help you keep your balls in the air. Welcome to the Juggle Podcast. Hi, I'm Joel Lilovich. And I'm Lucy Dickens. Welcome back to the Juggle Podcast. Today, we're talking all things remote working. Both Lucy and I work remotely and flexibly and have done for quite a while now and probably wouldn't have it any other way. Is that right for you, Lucy? Yep. I love being able to work from home. It's fabulous. I'm recording this from home today. You're not at home. No, I'm in the office today. Yeah. yeah. I really like the ability to be able to work remotely. I find that it, that is the main thing that enables me to work flexibly because I have my set days when I work in the office and then there'll be work that either I don't want to do there or work that doesn't get done there because my role is more than three days a week. But being able to do that from home as and when and at the times that suits me is fantastic. Yeah, I love it. You know, being able to work from home on occasion, not actually have to get dressed up ready for work, <laughs> not have to worry about being at a particular place at a particular time. It can mean that you actually are way more productive and you get into your work at your most well, at my most productive time of the day straight up in the morning mm-hmm. rather than losing all that productive time in getting ready and traveling to work. I think I'm quite productive in the mornings as well, but the time when I work most from home is in the evenings after Lily goes to bed, (laughs) which sounds really counterintuitive. But I like that because it's the same thing. It's you can have a shower, you can be in your pajamas, although that's not what today's guests advocates, but never mind. (laughs) You can just get your head down and get the work done with usually fewer interruptions than if you were in the office. Speaking of today's guest, we have a great guest for you today, Emma Houston, and she wrote the book, The Tracksuit Economy, and it's all about how to work productively and effectively from home. In addition to being an author, she's also a lawyer and practice leader at Legal Vision. Emma works part-time and she works completely remotely from her home in far northern New South Wales, which she tells us is about an hour's flight away from her head office of her law firm. Yeah, in Sydney. She's passionate about reframing the way we work and Emma really believes that flexible work is the way of the future. She definitely doesn't need to convince Lucy and I and probably a lot of you listening, but she shares a lot of great tips. So listen in. Enjoy. Hi, Emma. Thanks for joining us. Hi, how are you? Going great. The question that we like to ask all of our juggler guests to start off with is what time did you start your day? Ah, about 7am this morning, so quite civilised. <laughs> so late. <laughs> nice time. Is that- I have a six-year-old now. It never used to be that time when he was, he was younger and I work from home, so. That's good. 
And you work from home, as you just mentioned. And so we've, we've told everyone in our intro that you're a practice leader at, at a law firm and you're working part-time and completely from home. So what does a typical day look like for you? Uh, usually I will put my son on the school bus at about 10 past eight and then head downstairs, do some work. I try and do most things while he's at school. And about quarter to three, I'll go and pick him up. And maybe, you know, depending what's on, some days it'll have a lot on, it'll be a big day. Other days I'll try and keep it sort of a half day Mm. as well. Yeah. Do you don't make use of that school bus on the way home? No, they have to wait an hour at school for his bus. It does a little circuit around the town before it comes. So we He's only in kindy. We sort of thought, oh, he's a bit young to, yeah. <laughs> to wait that long. So he's ready. He's ready by the end of school because he's yeah. the first yeah. year there. So. Now you talk in your book about what led you to working remotely. Can you give us a little summary of the reasons why you choose to work completely from home? Sure. So when I had my son, we were living in Sydney and first 18 months he was young we lived there and I had a really flexible boss at that time but me being the way it was with childcare and costs and that kind of thing it wasn't actually really flexible so when we moved up here I could put him in childcare you know for short days yeah. And do little bits or, or now with school hours. So that and property prices in Sydney and just mm. the stress of most of my family are up where we moved to in far northern New South Wales. So we were sort of in Sydney without that family support, even to sort of have a night out or do that kind of thing. And, and we wanted to buy a house and we sort of thought, well, we're going to be living in the Blue Mountains <laughs> or on the Central Coast. And then where does that lead, you know, with commuting and, and that kind of thing. And we thought that's not really much of a life. So we looked to move up north. I was actually going to set up my own firm mm. and I got a job offer from a local firm up here where I worked for about a year part time. But even then I could see as my son was nearing preschool, it it just wasn't even going to work with those hours. Mm. And I felt like I needed more autonomy in my my day. I was a senior associate there, whereas now I'm a practice leader, which is partner equivalent. So I have a lot more autonomy Mm. and, you know, I could do my three days a week, which I'm currently working. I could do that all before Wednesday if I wanted to, or I, you know, I choose to sort of spread it over the week. But if I've got something on, it just allows me a lot more flexibility. So you're working remotely and from home, but you also have flexible hours. So it's not that your working hours are, I don't know, nine till three on whatever days. It's still flexible within that. That's really interesting. So how do you manage the flexible hours when you're not present in an office seeing your colleagues? I mean, they, how do they know when to contact you or when you're going to be available? How do you manage that kind of expectation? Not just your colleagues, but your clients too. Yeah, so they, you know, it's a real trust thing. We have to look at other metrics rather than, oh, okay, she's sitting there in the chair, I know she's here. So it's things like output, the the number of matters you get through. So my team will get through about 80 or 100 matters a month. Mm. We know what those numbers are. And I find, I mean, there's people that work part-time in my firm who do, you know, they might have Thursday off or something like that. I have found just through trial and error of having whole days off or doing that, I've found that just spreading those three or four days over the whole week 
is better for clients because you're there every day if someone needs you, but you don't have to be there the whole day. Mm. And that's how you're handling the, the needs of the clients and the needs of your colleagues in terms of them knowing when to contact you. They know they can contact you any day. You might not be perhaps immediately available, but you'll get back to them. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Do you think you'd be working from home if you didn't have a child? The idea would have appealed to me. I remember probably about 10, probably 10 or 15 years ago, because next month I will have been a lawyer for 18 years, which seems like a whole lifetime. (laughs) Yes. And I remember there had been times when I was like, oh, I just don't like here. You know, I would like to go back up north to where my family are. Kind of, I have this creative side, which I write now, but, you know, in the past I've made jewellery and done things like that. And I think it was the trigger that pushed me, but mm-hmm. I certainly feel like it suits me and I can't see myself going back into a really traditional office <laughs> setting full, you know, all the time, even as my son Oscar's getting he's at school now, you know, he's getting more independent now, but I can't see me going back into that setting. I see me sort of branching out and doing some different things. Do you think that flexible work or remote working more specifically is just for parents? Is it just parents who can and should take advantage of this? Or do you think it's helpful on a bigger picture level? Not at all. I was speaking to a lady from uh, Legal Aid New South Wales earlier in the week and she doesn't have children, but she's got a mother who's terminally ill. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So she works flexibly and also does compressed hours. So unlike me who spreads three days out over a week, she might spread four or five days into three days Mm -hmm. and then gives herself more time. So it's certainly not just that. And there's also, I mean, we've got a few people at Legal Vision who have side gigs. So they'll have another business that they're working on, work part-time with that. So the same with my book and my flexible work interests. I'm sort of trying to carve out something on the side as well to complement practice and not just for the legal industry, but for all industries, because I think it's really common. I was speaking to a guy from IAG Insurance at a wedding. Um, We sat next to him about a month ago And he said, oh, it's really helpful. I can help my wife with my son. I work from home two days a week. I said, oh, is that something you've negotiated with your employer? He said, no, everybody in our Sydney office does that. Yeah, you come across those businesses that say rather than having to apply for flexible working, there's a starting point that everyone is entitled to flexibility. And it's only when you prove that you can't handle it that restrictions are placed on you but otherwise that starting point of being able to do your job and do your hours as suit you as you say it's a very trusting thing and it's a good to start with that Mm. and yeah and from what I understand it you know their business has made that decision because they they need a a much smaller Sydney office between people on annual leave people working from home people on sick leave that their rent is probably significantly less so I think there's all sorts of economic arguments for an organisational side as well as it's not just people with children, but I think Mm. it's sort of one of those life-changing events which I talk in my book about a trigger that that helps you do it. So, you know, it's either, say, an illness or you've had children or, or you just sort of reached a point in your life where you sort of think, no, I want something different. 
So what are some of the challenges with working from home? I've got some thoughts about that. I don't work remotely full time, but I do do quite a lot of work from home, but I don't want to put words into your mouth. So you start by telling us what kind of challenges that you have encountered. So I saw, um, I saw some questions on the Facebook group today. One lady said she actually thinks better in the office, whereas I've found the opposite. I think I'm more productive at home. But on the flip side, sometimes you want resources in the office to send things out physically. You really need to have everything scanned in. Um, If mail comes into the Sydney office, you know, I need it scanned in. I need the whole thing scanned in, not just the cover sheets. So there's all these systems that you really need to make sure are in place and that everyone's on board with it in the organisation as well that it is just a normal kind of thing rather than, oh, so-and-so gets to work from home and, you know, they're kind of left out of the loop. So there really needs to be what I call a remote loop. So everyone needs to feel included and, and, you know, it's not going to be the same. You're not going to have your afternoon drinks, but I think there are lots of perks. So as long as you can sort of reframe it to yourself well I I maybe don't get this lunch or that lunch and I don't have as much sort of face-to-face contact you've got to make sure well you can have that team contact um, through chat phone video conference and we have the technology for all of that it is tricky when you've got a group of people who are in one location and then others who are sort of spread out in, in various different areas, as you say, to ensure that those people still feel connected and engaged and part of the team and that they're really contributing. I think one of the challenges that I see is that, you know, there can be a perception that people think that you're not as invested in your career or that you're not as interested in climbing the ladder or doing great work that you really want to just cruise and, and be at home. Have you felt any of that yourself? No, I haven't. I mean, I've been working remotely four years. And when I started, I was 14 years sort of out in my career. I imagine if I was quite junior, it would be different and career development might not be as as strong because I sort of Mm -hmm. have reached the top level that a lot of people aspire to before I did that. And I'm now looking at developing that in a different way or direction rather than reaching, you know, a different kind of level. And I know in my 20s, single, I used to go out with friends and... Got to um, have those Friday night drinks. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think it would have been, it would have been very lonely. Um, yeah, isolation for sure. I think that's really interesting that you mentioned the fact that where you were in your career when you started working remotely, because I supervise quite a few junior practitioners in our firm and I find that quite difficult to do from a supervisor's perspective when I'm not in the office because I feel like from my perspective, being around them just to kind of set an example and you know show how you should interact with clients or just engage with them on that personal level, that's really hard. I find to do working remotely. So if I was them, on the other hand, trying to learn that remotely themselves, I do think that would be quite difficult. I don't think it's impossible, but I think it would be much harder. Yeah. And I think different occupations and careers lend themselves to remote work a little better. Um, Even in law, I think different areas lend lend itself to remote work better. I used to be 
family law and criminal lawyer. My first eight years of practice, I then switched to commercial. I think the commercial side of things translates better yeah. remote work um, as well there's certainly although you know the land and environment court in new south wales is moving towards paperless trials and usb sticks so i think the court system will get there but it's a long way off but i really think juniors you do need that development there and also if, if i was you know i used to live by myself in my 20s if i was working and then living by myself and i'm not getting out that would would be lonely really lonely whereas now I have husband the son you know it's it's a very different kind of dynamic as a result of that different dynamic that you know the fact that you're at home that you're much more invested in your family on a day-to-day basis has it impacted on your career goals because I tend to find that when people are outside that um, particularly in the law you know we all know what it's like there's that very much competitive nature in a firm environment And, you know, you kind of egg each other on to some extent about continuing on with your career and doing the next thing and finding the next thing. So has taking yourself out of that changed the way you think about your career? I think it's made it a bit sort of calmer. I have a co-practice leader, Elisa, who she lives in Sydney but chooses to work from home because she has three children. She can go into the office. I'm an hour's flight, whereas she's sort of an hour on public transport. So a bit easier from that perspective but we chat every day and she's in the same situation children we we sort of work together and I found that to be really collaborative Mm. and in fact that's probably the most collaborative work situation I've been in I've worked in practice areas alongside when I was doing family law alongside another lady who was very competitive and being in the office made that worse whereas I think we actually ask the firm for a joint budget we're you yes. know, very much a team and in fact because we're not seeing each other face to face we have to make that effort to communicate just mm. all that more the better I actually think I feel more of a team um, with my remote team <laughs> than I did when I worked when I in certain offices I've worked in would you almost describe your role as, as a job share just almost Elisa's just going up to five days and I'm doing three so yeah almost you can still be job sharing a more than full-time role well we know what's going on in the practice yeah so it's really good so she'll be going away for a month in December and I can just step in and when I was away last month then she was able just to do that it's that kind of reassurance that you know you can go away and things tick over and you don't have the worries yeah I had that same experience at the last firm that I was at, you know, having a colleague who was also a friend at the same level of seniority and just knowing that if I took a holiday, she'd be there, just made you feel so much better, less stress. You could actually go on your holiday and enjoy it rather than being worried about what you're going to come back to afterwards. Mm, That's right. With the clients in our industry, they're just like, you're going away, you know, so it's nice to have a safety net there. That's so true. I had a client just yesterday. I'm pregnant. I'm only four months pregnant. Their Mm. matter is probably going to be wound up within about a month. I mean, it's obvious it's not going to take long and it's obvious I'm not about to give birth if you see me in real life. And he said, so when are you going to have your baby? Are you still going to be here to finish this matter? So yeah, and then maybe that's something about clients of lawyers, I'm not sure. But talk to us about boundaries. Obviously, you've mentioned your children a few times. You obviously have some dogs who you like to hang out with. What's your view on boundaries between work and family? Do you find it 
harder to implement those boundaries when you are working from home or maybe it's easier? What's your take on that? So I make sure I've got a separate office. So that's where I'm sitting at the moment. Mm -hmm. And it's actually the house we moved to almost two years ago. It's downstairs. So I can shut the door, go upstairs. And I actually try not to come down here on weekends unless I'm going to work. I've got a laptop upstairs, which I can just answer some emails on. But if I'm going to do deep thinking legal work or drafting I come down here and I've got a door and yeah it's very separate and I think that is really crucial I wouldn't like to have my computer sitting in the corner of sort of the dining room or that kind of thing where you're seeing it all the time mine's now in my bedroom oh Joe, what's that all about <laughs> oh that's not good not that. <laughs> you've got to sort that out <laughs> yeah we'll we'll sort her out emma emma do you find that the physical boundary works because it's all well and good to say it's downstairs i shut the door i go upstairs but do you find yourself sneaking back or checking your mobile phone or taking work upstairs you know maybe that doesn't involve a computer I do that, especially if you've got a deadline, you do that. And I've sort of found myself too, like I'm like, oh, I'll just clear those emails and I'll just do that. I started recently on some weekends, I'll just turn my work emails off on my phone. Mm. Um, Just keep my private emails on there. And that's really good. I don't look at them again till Monday morning. And, you know, it's just better. Even if you get the temptation to look at your phone and your emails, it's only your personal emails. So you kind of... Don't have that same, you know, it's just sort of a Temple and Webster sale or something or, a, you know, yeah, that luxury holidays site. So, yeah, yeah. I think I'm going to start, I'm going to make that a rule every weekend. Um, I've been doing it a bit and I think definitely I need to do that. I do have a work phone, some, a VoIP phone plugged into my modem, so I've got a Sydney number. Mm. Um, I always put that on Do Not Disturb when I leave my office in the afternoon and don't turn it back on till the morning just so I can't you know I'm not upstairs making dinner and the phone rings because it yeah. it, it does yes and you're tempted you know you're always tempted to answer in case it might be something really important yeah that's right and having that consistency as part-time you know every day so the client's never left for a day without you you know responding but that's better whereas I think uh, you know I know when I was in Sydney I did work three days with two days completely out of the office and there's just some things you have to respond to and it sort of drags you back into that on those days. So I find the boundaries are funnily enough better just doing a little bit each day. But some people with childcare and arrangements, you know, it just doesn't work that way. So I'm I'm fortunate that I've been able to make it work that way. And there's a lot of talk about flexible working and and more people are interested in it. There's, you know, there's recruitment agencies that have been set up that are specifically directed Mm. towards helping people find, you know, flexible or remote type roles. If someone is out there listening to this and they're thinking to themselves, you know, Emma sounds like she's got it pretty good. I think I'd like to get a role like that. What do you think they should do what would you recommend that they that they do in terms of either finding a role like that or talking to their employer to make it happen so I think you know you shouldn't just sit there suffering you know being a bit grumpy when you hear this (laughs) podcast thinking I wish I could do that or you know it would make my life so much easier and I'm I say the extreme ninja warrior end of like 
remote work. I do it every day. I do it a thousand kilometers away from my office. But um, there's people that, you know, there's sort of these studies that, you know, just working one day a week from home just makes a big difference to people's lifestyle, one or two days, or just changing. And remote work's not the only type of flexible work. There's Mm -hmm. lots of work. There's sort of purchasing school holiday leave, Mm -hmm. um, flexible hours, that kind of thing. So I think, you know, you need to sort of think, well, would my current role work? like that and I think if you like your job it's definitely worth approaching your employer and it may be a case of sounds the trust you know if the trust is already there then they might be really willing to do it if you're new in the role or they've not had anyone work flexibly before then maybe suggest a trial period but it's important to negotiate and I think it's important to be open you don't just sort of email in that morning saying I'm going to work from home today you know There's a lot of planning that goes into team meetings or, you know, if someone's got roles in the office that plan in advance and have some contingencies there for, you know, the the questions of, well, what about the mail? What's going to happen with that? Or how are we going, how are you going to see documents? So make sure you've got some cloud-based technology where you can share your documents, Mm -hmm. that kind of thing. And as you said, um, you know, if if your current role won't support that or you don't like it and really want to change, I mean, there's a number of places that specialise in this type of role. So there's an organisation which I spoke to for my book called Carlia. They look at flexible roles, but they're actually all consultancy roles. Mm. So it's part of the um, gig economy. Yeah, yeah. And a lot of their consultants work flexibly. But then there, there are square peg jobs or pointer. They They just mm. look at things a bit out of the ordinary. Yeah, it's really good to see these different things popping up. But I liked your comments about dealing with some of the issues that can arise from working from home. Lucy and I presented recently on the business case for flexible working. And it was such an interesting evening in terms of having discussions with people about how you actually present a case to your employer. And it's exactly as you described, being able to identify where the issues might arise and having an answer for them before you even have your employer thinking about it so that before they've even had a chance to come up with these problems and reasons to say no, you've already given them a reason to say yes. And I think baby steps too. If it's something that's brand new for an organisation, showing up saying, I want to work full time from home never to (laughs) return to the office again, it's probably not going to go down so well. But if you can start gradually and move towards a process of being where you want to be. But when we get there, if we get a remote role or if we're able to work remotely, Mm to some extent in the job we already have. What would you say, Emma, is the most important piece of advice that you would give to somebody who is working from home? I would say keep in touch with your your office and don't let yourself feel alone. You know, if you've got a problem or a problem client, then you should pick up the phone and speak to a colleague or make sure you don't isolate yourself because that could be really lonely and if you're feeling isolated take some steps so so just sort of sit back and go well is it the role especially if it's a new role and you said oh well I've I've just had a baby I'm going to take this role from home because it's more flexible whereas if it's sort of been something you've wanted to try out and you've taken baby steps I think it actually helps both the employer and the employee just work out if that's if that's right. And the other thing, I was listening to a Lawyers Weekly podcast on flexible work 
Mm-hmm. Well, not a podcast, but a webcast. It was a webinar. Yeah. 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 And I thought the leaving loudly comment was good. You, yeah. you know, you shouldn't hide it. Because mm. I saw this survey from Airbnb the other day and Tank Streamlabs saying 80% of people want to work from home at least some of the time and 41% of people currently do and you wouldn't you wouldn't know it no I think it's kind of like a dirty secret and and <laughs> organizations kind of don't like to shout about it because they think oh people are just sitting on the lounge you know eating chips watching suits <laughs> or something but that's the point we can sit on the lounge and eat chips and work at the same time well yeah. that's right <laughs> and if you got your work done it wouldn't matter I guess yes. <laughs> maybe your ergonomics might be an issue but <laughs> stop at <it>, you <laughs> you're come out with the employment law bit sorry (laughs) now emma this is my favorite question to ask all of our guests do you have a mantra are there words that you live by in life yeah there are and it's actually i sort of used it when i wrote my book the tracksuit economy and it's there is an easier way so if something is really hard i think it's worthwhile sitting back and working out if there is an easier way because i was finding you know the corporate structure not really friendly and I was like well, there's got to be an easier way I'm not going to make myself fit this structure that's not really family friendly so let's look at the way it can fit me and that's what I've been trying to do and when I think about it it's there's usually an easier way to do most things I love that that's so great it reminds me of an episode we recorded recently about mum guilt my sister guested with us on that episode. Uh, she's a counselling psychologist and she commented about the need to challenge the fact that we feel that there are givens in our lives. So that to me resonates with what you've just said because it's the idea of challenge the fact that you feel that working in a corporate environment is a given and that you don't have another choice. You know, like actually sort of say to yourself, is, do I have to do this or am I putting limits on myself where those limits don't really exist? That's great. Um, And if you were to give one piece of advice to other professionals who are like you and us managing this juggle of work and family, what would it be? I think be kind to yourself. It doesn't matter if your child doesn't eat all their vegetables. (laughs) (laughs) And having a really fussy eater and being the fussy eater groups with him, like, you know, it's kind of like, yeah, he's eating, he's alive. Yeah. I just think you've got to give yourself a break as long as they're happy and safe and clean and, you know, that's all that matters. It usually sorts itself out. I'm laughing with you because I have a fussy eater and my sister, who doesn't have children, said to me the other week, we were at my mum's roast dinner and she said to me the other week, I wouldn't be giving Lily another Yorkshire pudding until she'd eaten her broccoli. And I just looked at her and I went, okay. Wait till you have children and then you can decide if you will give your child another Yorkshire pudding before they eat their broccoli. And I just thought it was hilarious. She's not being nasty about it. She's no fun. But I just think it's hilarious. <laughs> so, yes, I resonate. And we've tried things like that and he'll just look at us and go, well, I'm not eating dinner tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Whatever. Have your cheese and crackers. That's fine. <laughs> I think he gets his stubbornness from me Oh, that's awesome. Thank you so much, Emma, for chatting to us and and giving us an insight into your life at home and work and how it's all working out for you because it is so important for everyone to get an idea of what else is out there and, and how things can be done. 
If listeners want to find out more about Emma and about her book, you can buy the book or find out more at thetracksuiteconomy.com and we will include links to Emma's social media in the show notes as well. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. That's all from The Juggle today. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe, give us a five-star rating and let us know what you think. Leaving a review helps other people find out about our show. And if you want to continue the conversation that we've been having, perhaps you'd like to share with us how you're working remotely, then come and join us on Facebook at The Juggle Community. See you next time. Happy juggling. Bye. Bye.